the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. And that's what Jesus said in John 10.10. 10. And today is the first message in a brand new series called Bridges, crossing over from here to there, with a focus on having a new vision for your life and getting there with the ultimate visionary. If you have a Bible, put a marker in Hebrews chapter 11. This is Real Life Radio. We're beginning a series today called Bridges, going from here to there. And my contention is that too many of us are living well below the life God created us for. And that represents there. And by the way, I don't just mean people kind of out there in the world, although it is obvious and sad how many folks are living far from God, separated from the gospel, and they don't have to. But I'm talking about even in here. We read in the scriptures that we're supposed to live a life of faith. We're supposed to live a life of overcoming. We're supposed to experience the power and presence of God. And yet we look at our own experience and see something very different. We kind of recognize this here to there. Some may be frustrated and not even know why. They don't even know that there is a there. They just think this is all there is. We just kind of get up, go through our week, hope to have a little fun on the weekend, and then do it all over again. It's just kind of keep going around in circles. That is not what God intended. And this series is all about looking at some bridges that God has given us to take us from here to there. And that's why I want to start by talking about vision. I want to talk about the bridge to a new vision. And I want to suggest that we all have vision, or at least we start out having vision. Life can sometimes squeeze it out of us, but we start out having vision. In fact, to illustrate that, we asked some of the kids from our school. We have a school here, River City Believers Academy, great school. And we asked some of our younger ones to tell us what they want to be when they grow up, just to reflect vision. So let's see what kind of vision these kids have. I want to be... I want to be... Um... I think I want to be a, uh... You don't know? A race car driver. A karate teacher. A karate teacher. Um, a scientist and a hero. A hero? What kind of hero? A cheerleader. Just no. running. Oh, you want to run fast? Yeah, I just, I, I like to run fast a lot, okay. but sometimes I sweat. Yes. What do you want to be when you grow up? At Steak and Shake. You want to work at Steak and Shake? <laughs> Fifth grade teacher. I want to be a pop star because teaching is fun. Um, a nurse. <laughs> I want to be a Viking teacher. Oh. Yes. An army of God. Uh, yep, you got it. Somebody who makes robots. A potion maker. A potion maker? What's a potion maker do? Uh, make potions. 
Of course. Yeah. Probably um, I want to own my dad's shop because he has a shop. Noah, what do you want to be? A fireman. Just give people diamonds. You want to give? That's. Yes. Cop. A nurse. <coughs> I want to be an inventor. What do you want to invent? Fireman. A fireman? Why do you want to be a fireman? Because I graduated. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, that one kid who wanted to be a Viking teacher. Yes, that's what I'm talking about, because he want, truly wants to be a Viking, but I've got to make a living and have some, so I'll throw teacher on it. I like that. And then, of course, the potion maker. Thank you, Mr. Harry Potter. We appreciate your, your sharing with our children. There's that one girl who kind of said, I want to be a nurse, and she was so serious. I'm like, and she's expecting her to say, and there's a great program at UT I've already enrolled, you know? <laughs> just like, wow. And then the steak and shake girl. I mean, know what you want to do and just go after it. Get specific. That's vision, man. Anything's possible. I want to be a firefighter. Why? Because I'm graduated from kindergarten and I can be. I mean, that's that thing. We, we just get it. If there's a, there's a, there's a anything is possible thing. And I, I hate how life can squeeze that out of us and kind of break that in us. And I, I remember one of the first times when I was encountered with how important it is and how heartbreaking it can be when that, when that vision is, is just removed from someone. Willie and I, when we first kind of met was through Youth for Christ, and we ministered together for, with Youth for Christ. And we were asked to do a school assembly, but it, it was at a unique school. It was the Harlandale School District, but it was their alternative school. So Harlandale's got, you know, fairly rough school district in a lot of ways, and the alternative school is the kids who had, had problems and ha- had to be put in the alternative school. And they asked us to come and talk to them, and what they asked us to talk to them about was sexual abstinence. And I'm like, okay, we're going into the Harlandale School District, into the alternative school, and we're going to talk about sexual abstinence. This is kind of an uphill climb. But it's an important subject, and it really matters. And so, man, I was praying about how, how do I approach this? And the Lord just laid on my heart, cast vision. Cast vision. And so I got in front of those kids, and I just started sharing. I said, I want you guys to imagine something. Imagine that you meet the love of your life. And they're not a perfect person, but you love them. And I kept going on. I went, I, I took more time there. So imagine you get married and it's not the biggest wedding in the world, but it's beautiful. And you guys move into a home that's not the biggest house in the world, but you like it. And it's in a neighborhood that's safe. And you're able to have some kids who, they're not perfect kids, but they love you. And you know, your, your spouse and you get to raise them and you have a family that loves each other. And then they grow up and they do well and they have kids and they bring home grandkids kids and I just painted this picture for them of a family that was beautiful simple and beautiful and my whole premise was how many of you want to see that for you and you could see as I was describing it you could see these kids kind of the start just kind of looking off and far away they were absolutely envisioning that life and the whole premise was then to go and say sexual promiscuity, sex outside of what God designed, actually destroys the possibility of that vision. And it it chips in the vision. It mars the picture. 
And it was really going well until one of the older guys, and you could tell he was a gangbanger. You could see it. He was a leader in the group. He was a smart individual. He kind of pipes up, and he's a little bit frustrated and even aggressive. Not mean, but just animated. And he's basically like, I'm sorry, that's crap. And he didn't say crap. And he's like, I have no real expectation or no guarantee that I'm going to make it to 20 years old. i got to get what I can get now. Whatever joy, whatever thing I can get out of life, he says, i got to get it now. And you could see the other kids in the room almost like, back to reality. And in light of his vision or lack of it, See, he's like, man, that's great. <laughs> the vision's great. Except I got three friends who are already dead. <laughs> and I'm not out of high school. In light of the vision that life had given him, that he had adopted for himself, what he was saying was absolutely logical. It was distorted and marred because the vision was broken. But I couldn't fault his logic based on that broken distorted vision that life had given him. And we got to share with him and challenge him, but how heartbreaking to see vision absolutely sucked from someone's life at such a young age. Now, we're talking about vision. Let's, let's first establish what is vision. Vision is a picture of a preferred future that's strong enough to pull me into that future, to pull me towards it. That's what vision is. A picture of a preferred future strong enough to pull me toward that future. What does vision do? It determines direction. When you have a compelling vision, it sets the direction for your life. You're going to follow that vision. You organize your life around the vision. Vision provides fuel, and that fuel is passion. So when it gets hard, when it's an uphill climb, when it's tough, vision pulls you forward. Vision empowers me to say no. That's really important. The ability to say no to things that are not really important and that do not lead you in the direction of the right life vision. And let me just say, if you can't say no, you have a problem and it's a vision problem. And even worse, there are people around you who will find a vision for your life and they'll be happy to share it with you. John Maxwell, in a blog that he has, talked about CEO, a CEO of Xerox Corporation. His name was Ann Mulcahy. And Ann Mulcahy came at a time when Xerox was near bankruptcy. She became the Z the CEO. And through her time, she was there 10 years, she changed that organization, turned it into an organization that was admired for its originality. And under her leadership, Xerox went from losing $300 million a year to pulling in $1 billion a year in annual profits. And this is in the span of five years. That's in, she did that within five years. $300 million a year deficit, to one billion in annual profits in the span of five years. And how is she able to do it? She did it through vision. Did it through vision. One of the main vision things, Maxwell says, one of the main tools for sharing vision is storytelling. Storytelling is compelling. People relate to it. They can see themselves in it. It's very strong for vision. Problem Mulcahy had at Xerox is she didn't have any stories to tell because the stories were how we got to where we lose 300 million a year. So they made up a story. They literally made up an, a Wall Street Journal article and circulated it to all their employees. It was a fictitious story dated five years in the future. 
It includes glowing customer testimonies, praise from business analysts, reports of how the corporation had returned to uh, to profitability. The message of the story was Xerox could once again become a brand that they could be proud of. And it was all by casting vision. And she did that through this story. See, how many people are like Xerox was at the time? Limping through life with either no vision or a flawed vision. Or like, more sadly, that young man at the alternative school. Just limping through life with a flawed or faulty vision. How do we know if maybe we have a flawed or faulty vision? Well, I think there's a very simple way. I think if you just stop and look around. Just honestly stop. Stop running. Stop pursuing. Just stop and look around. Where has whatever vision you've been following taken you so far? How's it going? How's it working for you? What kind of fruit is the vision you've been following producing in your life? Questions more specifically like, how is my family doing? How is my career impacting me? Now, you notice I didn't say, how's my career doing? How's my career impacting me? Because your career could be doing great, making more money than ever, you're killing it, but it could also be killing you. It could be taking its toll on your family. It could be causing stress. Your career might be doing fine, but you're just not doing fine. So how's my career impacting me? How am I doing internally, spiritually, as a person, as a child of God? That tells a big story. An important principle to remember, vision fundamentally is more about the destination than the route. The route's important, it comes later, but... Vision is about that destination, where I'm going rather than how I'm getting there. And here's the, where this, why this matters. Most of us think and spend a whole lot more time processing the route than the destination because we've been trained that way. We get, oh, this is the path. It's as though the route's already been determined for us without ever considering where it's really taking us. Oh, I got to do this because, well, I got to. Everybody does that. I have to do that. Then I have to do this. Then I have to do this. And we never stop and go, wait, where's that really taking us? The vision seems to be just to jump through whatever hoops I have to, and I'm not really sure why. It's like the route is the non-negotiable. The vision is non-existent. Whereas what we should be thinking about is, wait a minute, what's the vision? And then, okay... How are we actually going to get there? So my question to you is, what's your vision for your life? What's your vision for your family? We want to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in this series called Bridges, Crossing Over from Here to There. If you'd like to hear the full unedited message or even watch the video podcast from Pastor Sean, it's available right now on demand on the sermons page of the River City website called reallife.org. And if you think you'd like to visit River City, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 and 11. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. 
God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. Welcome back as we return to this message called The Bridge to a New Vision. This is Real Life Radio. Stephen Covey in his book, Seven Habits, gave a great way to kind of assess that. He says, begin with the end in mind. And he says, actually, envision your own funeral. Envision your funeral. Okay? What's it going to be like? And what he specifically says is, what are people going to say when they get up and give eulogies about you? What would you want them to say? What do you want to be remembered as? How do you want your eulogy to read? I thought that was a great exercise. So what I want to do is I wanted to give you the opportunity to actually work on your own eulogy, you know, get a head start on things, okay? In your bulletin is a little page that says my eulogy. I'd like you to get it out. There are two in every bulletin. Share if you need. If you need extras, we've got a few extras. Um, we've got pens for people who need pens. So everybody get one of these. You, need, you just need to have something to write with. We've got a few extra pens here. We've got a few extra of these. So there's some guys pass them out if you need them. But share and get everybody one of these things in a pen. And what I want you to do is just take the next few moments and write down some words and phrases that you would like to think that people at your funeral would be able to say about you. Just words and phrases that you'd like to describe you, that you'd like to be remembered by, that you'd like... Think about the eulogies you hope you'd like to have happen. And just take this next few moments and write those down. This is a great exercise in just looking ahead. And it's one that I suggest you maybe take some more time and think about when you've got some time. Take half a day, take a day, Just get quiet. Think about it. Because beginning with the end of mind, understanding what you want to be remembered as is an important part of the vision process. Now, I want to ask you honestly, on your sheets, your eulogy sheets, how many of you wrote, you want to be remembered as someone who drove a nice car? Anyone? You want to? I want to be remembered. I want people to get up and say, man, he drove a nice car. How about lived in a great house? Oh, she... What can I say? She had a great house. Good neighborhood. How about made a lot of money? I, you know, boy, old Jim, he could sure bring it in. He made a lot of coin, that guy. How many of you had those things on your list? Not not, not a lot of you, I take it. Here's my question. Then why so often are the things on this list sacrificed for the things on that list? We, say, we spend so much of our lives sacrificing these things that we go, man, this is what I want to be about. This is what I want to remember. Sacrifice for those things. Something's wrong. And I want to suggest that's a vision problem. Now, as we think about this, the question that comes to mind is, is there a secret to the vision? The one that seemed to have been calling me my whole life. What's the secret? Where does that come from? I want to suggest the Bible gives us a picture of a man so driven by a vision that changed the entire direction of his life, it actually changed his whole world, far beyond just him. His name is Abram. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis 12. We're going to look at his life for a little bit here. His name is Abram. Now, we know him as a name God gave him later, Abraham. In Hebrews 11 in the New Testament, verse 8, we read this, by faith, in other words, that vision of what God is about that is so real, it compels me. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. 
So he didn't know where he was going, and he just packed up and left. I just have read that scripture many times and thought, that's a tough assignment to come home and say, honey, guess what? We're moving. Where are we moving? I don't know, but hey, I've got the truck, and we're on a clock, so let's pack it up. Gentlemen, you like to bring that message home? That'd be kind of fun, wouldn't it? That's what Abraham had to do. He didn't know where he was going. All he knew was God was calling him. In fact, in Genesis 12, beginning at verse 1, we get this account. We get to read what actually happened. It says, The Lord said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. He didn't tell him what it was. He just said, Leave everything familiar. And at this point, we have no indication that anybody had been hearing from God. He wasn't trained in this. Since Noah, we don't really have any indication of anyone really engaging with God like that. So Abraham, it kind of a God that, that we don't know that his family had much involvement with. He wasn't taught by his ancestors. He didn't have that benefit. He just all of a sudden begins to sense, or I don't know how God did it. You know, Moses in a burning bush. I don't know, maybe Abraham, a frozen tree. I don't know. We don't have no indication. All we know is he knew that God was talking to him. And so he heard God say, leave your country, your people, your father's household, go to the land, I'll show you. Here's what God promised him. He said, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great and you will be a blessing. In other words, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless others through you. God's plan always involves blessing us, but it involves us being a blessing in the bigger scheme. He says, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth, I will be blessed through you. In other words, I'm going to provide for you, Abraham. I'm going to protect you. But this is about more than you. This is about something I want to do with all the people of the earth. You know God's vision will always involve more than just us. It'll be a bigger vision. Verse 4, so Abraham left as the Lord had told him. And Lot, his nephew, went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai. Her name later became Sarah. His nephew Lot, all the possessions they accumulated, the people they'd acquired, their, their help, their workers, and they, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Now, he didn't know it was the land of Canaan when he set out. This is a writer writing about what happened, so he's looking back. He now knows it's Canaan. Abraham didn't. Because God gave him, he had no idea where he was going. He had no map, just a guide. And isn't that how it is with God? We like the map, because the map allows me to control, doesn't it? I get to determine how far I'm going to go on a given day. I love my maps. Oh, I'm a map lover. And oh, then when they add GPS and it becomes Google Maps, I just my heart flutters, okay? Because I can decide what route they give me three or four. I get to pick and choose. I get to decide how far I'm going to go on which day, how I'm going to do it. I love the map. It lets me be in control. And God says, yeah, I'm not giving you a map. You're getting a guide. And I'm your guide. The guide determines how far you're going to go in a day. The guide determines which route you're going to take. The guide determines the experience along the way. And Abraham said, okay, I'll go with. And verse 6 says, Abraham traveled through the land as far as the site of a great tree of Moriah at Shechem. At the time the Canaanites were in the land, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to your offspring, I'll give this land. So Abraham built an altar there to God who had appeared to him, to the Lord who had appeared to him. So this is a huge vision. I'm going to give you all this land. The Canaanites were there. We later learn that's a huge obstacle. They were an advanced people. They had fortified cities. This was not going to be easy. Huge vision. Huge obstacles. Very little details. Those would come later. And they did. But right now all Abraham knows is God says this is all mine. And so verse 8. From there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent 
with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So what did he do? He set up his tent and he lived there. He saw the land as his because God said. So here's these fortified cities, here's all this stuff, and here's Abraham tents. A few tents, he's got a sheep, you know, they have armies. He's got a few farmers with him. But yet it's ours. And he trusted God because God said that. Now we have the benefit of knowing how it turns out. He actually did become a great nation. He really did. And through him, the entire world was blessed because one of his descendants, Jesus Christ, became the savior of our souls. God sent him. He died on a cross for redemption to forgive our sins. We know how that happened. Everything God said in Abraham's life is true. He blessed him. He blessed his name. We're sitting here talking about him thousands of years later. How much more honored could his name be? God did everything he said. But all Abraham saw was a vision. See, we know the whole story. Abraham didn't, but one thing Abraham knew, and it's what I want us to remember this morning, please write it down. The bridge to a new vision is an encounter with the ultimate visionary. That's really it. The bridge to a new vision is an encounter with the ultimate visionary. Thank you, Pastor Sean. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this new series called Bridges. If you'd like to hear the full unedited message and this whole series, it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. See all the details, directions, and service times, including the new Saturday night service also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 and 11. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.